Hello and a warm welcome to the first episode of Embedded Success, Mastering Embedded Systems. I'm Georg Lohrer and I will be your host during this piloting episode. In this episode, I will explain the reason for running this podcast, what will be the main contents and why I started with this piloting episode. And last not least, I will tell you what you can expect in the future from Embedded Success. But first, let's have some music. Here we are. I have the pleasure to start this podcast a podcast only for embedded engineers about mastering embedded systems, about exciting persons in interview shows and people who will assist us to become real champions for our embedded systems. I'm really excited to start that one here. So it's it's a marvelous long duration of planning and and thinking about that one, but finally today I really jumped into the into the pool and said okay let's do it now and this is um i some weeks ago i discussed with some guys from mine some friends and colleagues and told them about what i'm planning to do and whether to have a podcast for embedded engineers about embedded systems about success with embedded systems upon from the software perspective and also from the hardware perspective and i get a great a great feedback by them so it was really Really marvelous what the guys told me that they are excited and what we are, um, what we want to have, and already get some feedback. Although I have not done anything before. On one side, I, I have I have two uh, structural points in in mind. That's first one is I want to run monothematic as single shows. So I want to present you details, backgrounds, insights, new processes, skills, tips, tricks, and sometimes also some cheats. And on the other side, I want to have interviews with interesting persons, contributing people, people with tons of experience, people with visions and ideas, and people with special knowledge. So I have something like tool experts in mind, strategic professionals, and also thinking out of the box people who are really really interesting to to talk with them and get their experience and their details and their thinking and thoughts. And so I, I have already some guys in mind. And I have already also get agreement with them that we can do that. But now let's come back to the point why this podcast, why this piloting episode. In general, there are two ways, at least what I have read and heard because I have not done any podcast at all now. Um, there are two ways to start the podcast. First is to have a full entry. So you directly start with information, material, details and things like that and yeah, the guys get aware of what, who is the guy who is hosting that that podcast episodes and what, what about that one? So that's the directly jump in approach. And there is the other one, say, let's say a little bit more relaxed. Yeah, so, um, but you have a separate episode about the ideas and the visions and motivation of such doing. I personally like piloting episodes in other podcasts. That means that first, the second episode will be the real thing. Yeah, and that also makes it back to the point where who is the guy? So, and 
this such kind of presentations, you must be really careful that because they regularly start with a sentence like, let me tell you something a little bit more about details about me. And that's the moment where the, the mobile uh, base stations become uh, really excited with, with lots of traffic because people zap away or we start downloading the latest, latest video and jumping to YouTube or whatsoever what they're doing and uh, chatting all that stuff. So which should, which should, of course, be um, yeah, avoided. I, I have only told you a little bit about, my, about myself, but you, but you know, at least a little bit basic. So it's something like you might have already observed. It's um, I, I'm German, so it's the accent might be obvious. So it's it's more or less clear, and I'm located in the very southwest of Germany, so quite close to the border of Switzerland. I'm working as a freelancer for embedded systems and um, mainly for software um, since uh, 1991. And previously, it was also within the, my studies. I started uh, doing that. I have um, joined an NLP education. NLP is some kind. It's neurolinguistic uh, programming. It's some kind of uh, psychotherapy about uh, the methods and structures about how human communication runs. I've worked for industries mainly for the. Uh, uh, for automotive and telecommunication, but also uh, a lot of time for industrial automation. I've never joined medical, and I was also not in avionics or in the military defense, something like that. In the last years, something like eight years, I was running mainly as a troubleshooter, task forcer, or um, at least also as backhunter. During these years, I have detected more or less four main problems. I have seen the first one. The first problem for me was it's the lack of experienced engineers. What I mean is I see a lot of newcomers, lots of rookies, and there are some senior engineers. But as embedded systems are rather special, it becomes more critical and more problematic to become a senior engineer at all. Very often, also the the the, the person change the industry or change the, the the topics itself, and then we get aware of we run away from the embedded systems. Second main second main problem I detected was the failure detection and the prevention from failures in the software and in the hardware is not that good as it could be. The third problem is that since several years now, I observe that development is more or less spreaded on multi-sites. It will become a must. I have, for that reason, I will have a dedicated interview with some of my buddies and it's really exciting to hear that story. And multi-site is something you will be engaged with yeah, you cannot avoid it. The, the last main problem I detected was that virtual teams, so teams which are not located at the same place, will be the natural consequence of this kind of multi-site and problems becoming bigger and bigger and also systems becoming bigger and bigger. And that leading this kind of virtual teams is something looks like completely new. It's not it's not teached, it's not, um, uh, there is no education for that. 
it's more or less assumed that it is the same as leading a regular team, but it's not. I have done it several times and a lot of years and it's different. And now this the the topic to come back here is from these problems, facing these problems and I have had some some severe personal issues in the last half of a year and when I decided or I come to the point where I said I want to start something completely new, something really new, I tried already blogging to write blog. That's not my that's not my area. It I'm not that good. So writing I can write but it's it's, it's not that fine. But I like to talk more than I like to write. I like discussions. I like teaching and also educating. And on the other side, I have more than 30 years of experience in software development and hardware. So this is something I have in mind, what could be done. And taking this long time of experience in mind, during the last years, I observed that the same errors, the same problems appear again and again, always with different persons, really seldom with the same ones, but really often with different persons, new ones. And it looks like that the industry is not really learning something. We have lots of new tools, but finally the general errors which are made are not really different from the ones which have been made three years ago, six years, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It's a different technology, but the, the, the errors in mind, so the, the, the structure of the error is the same. So, And for me, this becomes some, like some personal Groundhog Day. Every, every time I look into, uh, into, the, into the situation I have at work, it was simply, hey, I have already seen that. Why does it occur again? And this is the base, this is the source of my motivation to run this podcast. I want to I want to show you how you can avoid your personal groundhog day in all the f- upcoming years. So th- therefore this podcast should be for the newcomers and rookies, also on the other side for the seniors to participate and learn a little bit more and hear the other side, and also for leaders and managers to become aware of with which problems where guys are struggling. And all that comes together with this multi-side and virtual team issue, yeah, which caused more than only a few gray hairs on my head during the last year. So there is really a big area of improvement what we can do for all the companies running with all the different cultures, with all the different persons engaged. And we have to learn a lot also after this long time of, of professional life, I, have, I, I, I consider or I think or experience when I have to learn even more when 20 years ago. So, and that leads us to the story, how will I do that? How will I do this podcast? I have something in mind of running. So I, I was told it, 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 it's not feasible to have an episode which only 10 or 12 minutes simply because of the reason, as far as I do, for example, podcasts. I listen to podcasts when I'm doing garden work or sitting on the lawnmower or uh, working in, in the forest or doing other things or 
laying in the bed in the morning. So it's simply like that. That's the time I hear podcast. And it's really annoying if you have to change the podcast episode every 10 or 12 minutes. So something longer is more feasible. So I have something in mind about 25 minutes or 30 minutes, something like that in average. Depends on the topic, of course. If it's a longer run and I have already some plans which are really long or we look like really long. And here it is something. I say, I have in mind, I'm planning something like 25 to 30 minutes. It should be, to be yeah, realistic, it's something like a scheduling time of every two weeks. I'm trying to do it once a week, but potentially it's only twice or it's only every second week, every fortnight, it might be possible to release an episode. Because my intention is simply to support you Support you in your daily work with embedded systems, which is a tremendous area of work with that high amount of, um, of evolution and new things which are coming up every day and every year. It looks, it's unbelievable how, how progressive all that runs here. So, and that leads us to the point what exactly can you expect? Out of my knowledge and out of the knowledge, I have in mind from other persons, I want to provide you as much support and assistance as possible. So that's that's a promise, simply like that. Uh, with my experience and knowledge, and it should be from practice into practice. I'm not a teacher with um, yeah with uh, with a university uh, scientific approach like that. I'm I'm more a craftsman craftsman in software and hardware so i'm doing things and there are a lot a lot more smarter people outside and i want to catch them i want to get them into an interview to simply have them them together and to learn and you should participate and learn with me and should become aware of how are these guys are doing such marvelous things and that comes to a more closer point what exactly are we discussing about in that topic so i have five general topics in mind. First of all, it will be something like about methods and processes. I mean something like continuous integration and automation. Things like branching strategies. How do you plan your branches of your software and also hardware releases? There are tons of different approaches to do that and it looks like there are better and better ones. <laughs> then things about compilers and tool chains. What kind of compilers are you using? What kind of tool chain are you providing? How do you do that? How is all things are connected to provide at the very end a piece of software? And things like, I have a lot of experience here inside, how are faults if they and this kind of embedded systems, if they become a little bit more complex and a little bit more complicated, yeah, you will have a lot of failures. Despite completely despite of the of the sentence I have made at the very beginning that I'm wondering why we observe kind of problems and faults again and again. First of all, these reoccurring faults must be managed and must be handled. And this is some kind of fault coordination. How are faults organized in your, in your area, in your environment? And one of the most important points in that methods and processes, it will be something like how to set up embedded environments that will become 
functional within multi-sites. So let, let, let's say it that way. It's, it's quite easy to set up a working team at one location. So that, that's for beginners, yeah? Everybody can do that. Simply like you, you place the guys into one room, you spend them some, some laptops and some systems and you have a common, um, a common version control system and a compilation environment. So go. But that's, that's the easy part. That's for beginners. But what about if these guys are split in half and one of the, one of the guys are working on the other side of the street in a different building? There is suddenly some separation in between. Okay, it's you can manage that. You can jump over the street, so no problem. But on the other side, if you split that up again and you say, oh, so these guys are now also located in a different country. And this country is not the country with the same native language. So you have suddenly switched to another language, like, for example, in that case, regularly it's English as a lingua franca. So And here it becomes... The problems start at that moment because you do not only observe different persons in different countries with a different accent, but you are suddenly confronted with different habits of work is be done. And here as a German, I can say <laughs> it's rather different very often uh, how I have experienced that. And you have to manage that. And also things like time zones. Sometimes it's really annoying to have different time zones, how things have to be managed if you are eight hours apart. So that, that's something I want to discuss with you and I want to show you things, how you can resolve that, how you can manage that. Then next big topic is the topic about uh, bug hunting. Do you have ever done a real root cause analysis? I mean, not something like you forgot the semicolon in uh, Hello World, yeah? And then it's something like, yeah, I made an error, okay, good, that's, that's it. No, the real cause of an error, why does it have happened? Not because you have forgotten something or the specification is wrong or something like that. Do you have ever gone back through all the reasons why you finally ended up in that situation to the very beginning where you start to see that your processes are wrong? Some processes are definitely not adequate to handle it. That's a very exciting uh, approach to understand errors and also to prevent them in the future if you take it honestly. And this makes it, um, you would become or you can become a master of prevention of errors. Even at the moment you write code, you are no longer simply writing in top down in a matter of, I realize my algorithm and then it's fine, all the thing. No, you have to keep in mind so a big story, such a big picture about the system itself and how it is done. And then, third topic, I have already um, mentioned it in, in the other side, it's the multi-side. There is a lot of cost cap and uh, cost pressure on the, on the companies nowadays. And therefore, um, the pressure to move the development areas towards so-called low-cost countries is tremendously high. But this raises different, for, different problems and new challenges and they must, become, they must be overcome. And here there is a lot of learn for everybody outside. And as far as I have experienced about, as I also mentioned already, the virtual teams about the differences in thinking, even with the closest neighbor. 
sometimes I have <laughs> I have observed that it sometimes is more easy to work together with a South Korean person than like with someone here around the corner with, for example, the Swiss people. It's really different, but written in the written form, it's the same one. But the understanding, the ideas behind are so different. And there are ways to manage such kind of virtual teams. And there are ways to get the best out of it. That's my intention, to provide that to you. And there are so-called soft skills. Yeah, last not least, we must come to that point also. So all the things I've, I've talked before, or many of the things I've talked before, about technical details and issues, that's the, the hard skills. Yeah, you know, you know stuff, huh? But on the other side, you have the communication. How is communication running? How it is done? How are the, the layers of communication? How do you connect to other? How are negotiations done? And how are um, discussion and moderation could be done with all these different persons? So that's more or less with a big picture from a 30,000 feet uh, altitude uh, perspective what you can expect from this podcast. Yeah, a long story comes to its end here. Um, some words, so only for, as, uh, for finalizing this whole um, episode here. Please, use the knowledge I will forward to you. Try things out. Nothing is hacked into stone. Um, things might be not feasible for you or exactly feasible for you. And simply take it for yourself. And give me feedback if it's appropriate for you. So I will be really glad to receive your honest mind, your, your perspective, your viewings and your thoughts. Give it to me, would be, I thank you very much already. And a rating inside of iTunes or Stitcher, that might be a great story too. Please, I like to see you again or at least hear you again or read you again in the next episodes. Thank you very much for listening. It was a pleasure to be with you. Enjoy your day. Work the way that you can be proud of your result. And don't forget to feel the passion. <laughs>